welcome back to the Back Peg Main Series Episode 21. Here with Lazarus Grandma Flash, you've got a fantastic get for us because this is something special. Yes, it is, Nathan. Good to be back on the Back Peg. And um, we've got a Sydney Cider who I've played football against and the uh, chairman and owner of Swindon Town FC in the Football League, League Two. And uh, we have the pleasure of being joined by Clem Morfuni. Wonderful to pick Clem's brain on the English league system, its relationship with Australian football, and what the games down here can take from his experiences over there in the UK. And joining us on this week's episode of The Back Peg is a special guest. And uh, Nathan, we haven't been joined by uh, by someone in the English football scene for a while, but we've got uh, the chairman of Swindon Town FC, who's a Sydney cider, and I've happened to play football against him as well in the over 35s. <laughs> I don't know, he's still knocking <laughs> pretty, around something. Pretty, pretty, pretty badly. <laughs> pretty, yeah, sorry. If it must I was be. pretty badly. I think he played be, all right, actually. No, 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 I don't know about that. It's, it's I clear more foot. Right. I think, lads, I think I played crap. That's <laughs> Is I'm it worth bringing the score up? No, no, no. i break your foot or something. No, no, no. Shoulders, all good. Ankles, all good. But, mate, it's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, you're, you're, you're one of the lucky ones there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to have Clem Morfuni join us on the back peg. Clem, welcome to the back peg. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a pleasure. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> on a Wednesday um, night. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, Clem, your love affair with football. Let's get to the how it all started and then we'll get on to the wind and stuff and other things. How did it all start? How did I love football? How, how did, did you how into, did you get into football? How did I how did get you, into and, a Swindon football well, club in England? Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. But initially, your first football memory, and then we'll, you know, get onto that. Well, well, and um, well, I'll tell you what. When I was a kid, I did play football, but not much because obviously my father passed away when I was nine years old. So, and I wanted to play football. And I remember my, one of my mates saying to me, um, "Can you can you come down? You want to come play football?" I said, "Yeah, I'll come down." This is, I think, I was about ten years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't tell my mum, obviously. My mum said she found out where I was and I was trialling out for a football club and she <laughs> ran. She came down to the uh, to the park screaming and carrying on and saying, you better get home. And I said, Ma, I want to actually play football. And she goes, no, you're not. You're coming back home. So I lost the love affair of football at that time and then I got back into it when I was about 29 years old and started playing football. And then um, I... On my plumber by trade, so I started a plumbing company in England, uh, M and E company, back in two thousand and six. After the Germany World Cup, I actually right. went to the World Cup, went to the final, and went to the the uh, the two semis actually. Um, so I I started going into the English foot, uh, Premier League. So I started watching Premier League, and I was watching all these Premier League games, and I started getting involved in football over there i thought this is unbelievable and then about five years into the business i was playing a six aside game with a client of mine and they i said to him after the game i said god i love to own a football club because obviously i got season tickets to tottenham mm. i still got them actually oh you poor bugger and i thought <laughs> i know poor bugger but i'm not a tottenham fan i'm a swindon fan that's it <laughs> so i said god i love to own a football club and my client and my manager at the time said, don't do it, you're mad. You, 
don't don't even think about it. I said, no, I want to do it. And then they said, listen, if you want to go and buy a football club, why don't you go and sponsor one? And this was about 10 to 11 years ago. Mm. And I said to him, all right, he goes, I've got a team in Division 7 named Haraburra. He goes, I'll get an intro into your, into the um, into these guys and you can work it out from there. I said, all right, can you arrange a meeting? So they arranged a meeting for me. I turn up, there's two English guys, two old English guys into this Haraburra boardroom and, look, it's back in the – it's like going back in time there. <laughs> and I walked in and I sat down and I said, listen, I want to pump some money into your football club. And they said, why? And I went, because I love football. Mm. I got involved in it. And they said, you know pumping money into this club is not going to make you any money. You're not going to – I said, you yeah, know, I get that. And they said, you know you're not going to get any other work or anything like that. I said, no, no, I get that. And they thought, well, oh, this guy's mad and yep. he's, he's full, of, full of crap. And I went, no, nah, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So I put money into it. Then I thought, this guy's for real. And then I, I, I started getting into the English football, trying to understand how it worked with the promotion, relegation, how the yep. agents work. Yep. How, how it all works, how the football pyramid works in England. And look, mate, it's a great system, take it from mm. me. Mm. So I got in there and the first year I started to work out and, and I remember going into a boardroom at um, Dulwich Hamlet and I was in a pair of jeans and a T-shirt and I walked into the boardroom and the guy from Dulwich Hamlet said, mate, you got to get out, you you got to be... You got to be in a suit and a, in a shirt, and I went, "Why?" I said, "Mate, well, I'm in." And the guy from Haribo goes, "No, no, no, that's our major sponsor. Just leave me alone." I said, "Fair enough." And then, so the following year, they said, "Listen, we want more money," and I said, "Listen, I'll give you more money, but I want two seats on the board." And they said, "Yeah, all right, I'll give you two seats on the board." So we, I put my sales director at the time and one of my clients on the at the time. And we started working out that mm. got more involved and in how how the club was running. Like I knew how to run a business, but I just had to find out the dynamics of a football club. So sure. we, we worked sure. that out. And then one my sales director at the time was having lunch at a place called Langham's, which is at the near the Ritz mm. in Green Park in London. And he was talking to a friend of Lee Power, named, a guy named Zav Austin. He was having a chat and he goes, Look, look, my um my um, boss loves football. He sponsored Haraburra and like mm. a lot of a decent money for a Division 7 team. He goes, well, my mate owns Swindon Town. He goes, well, maybe used to sh- they should get together. So he rings me up and he goes, listen, um, I met this guy the other day and there's a club called Swindon Town and they're in Division 1. I went, who are they? I didn't even know where Swindon mm. was. I didn't even know what the, who the club was. So I Googled him, and they were in League One at the time, and I thought, this is not bad. He goes, oh, do you want to arrange a meeting? He goes, oh, sorry, if you want to catch up for a dinner, we'll catch up. He goes, all right, when you fly over there, this is probably eight, probably nine years ago, because mm. you want to fly, when you fly over, we'll have, we'll have a bite to eat. So we're at, we're at the Novikov, actually, having, having a bite to eat. And I didn't really want to go. I just flying 24 hours from a plane, I thought, can't be really bothered going to see this guy. Because no, no, we've arranged it. You need to turn up. I met Lee Power. And then when I, once I met Lee Power, we started over the chat. Do you want to get involved in Swindon? I went, oh, yeah. I said, well, how much, like, 
shirt sponsor for three years. I went, yeah. I said, where is it anyway? I don't even know where Swindon is. He goes, well, you catch the train from Paddington, Reading, Swindon. It's an hour from London. I said, all right. So I got on the train, went out there, walked 15 minutes from the station to the stadium, and I looked and I went, wow, this is a proper football club. Mm. We're in League One, two Championship Premier League. I thought, this is a proper club. And then he goes, do you want to sponsor? I said, yeah, right, I'll sponsor. So we, I started, so I sponsored them for three years, had shirt sponsored back in mm. 2014, 15, I think mm. it was, 16, something like that. Mm. And then I got on really well with Lee Power. I brought, him to, I brought him to Australia a couple of times. He got me introduced to a few football people, started to work out how it all worked. He goes, look, do you want to become vice chairman? I went, yeah, I said, what do you do? Because I'm nothing much as do bits and pieces, maybe do an interview here and there. Not that I'm really great at doing interviews. but oh, you're, you're doing all right thought, so far, mate. Don't worry, it's all good. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought all right, no, worries, I'll, I'll do an interview, do a couple of interviews here and there. He goes, oh, do you want to buy into the club? I went, yeah, right. Well, how much? He told me how much, yeah. worked out a system. Yeah. And then I owned 15%. And then he goes, and then I was trying to get my 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 shares from, from him. Because look, you got to go through a fit and pop person assessment mm-hmm. through the fit and pop person assessment, all this stuff. Then yeah. he wouldn't give it to me. Then I found out he, he was doing a few dodgy things ah, okay. in place. And then before you knew it, I was in court with him for Two and a half years. Wow. So he was trying wow. to he was trying to bankrupt the club. Right. But we put an injunction in the court with him. And then we tried to then he tried to sell it to another American consortium. And he did he did they made him an offer. He accepted it. And we said, uh-uh, you can't I had a first right of refusal mm. in my contract. Mm. And he I said, You can't sell it before you sell it to me. So he tried to reverse it, couldn't reverse it, went to the court, took over the club. And then I thought to myself, all right, so we've got the club. This is 2021. COVID, we're in the COVID. midst of COVID. All right, trying to get to England and the Australian government wasn't really helpful <laughs> trying to let us out. So I tried three times to get out. I got out on the third time once I got a letter from my MD and my supporters trust and the mm. lawyers. And I got out and we were playing. I had like we had the players sorted out. We had six players. We had no manager, no kit, no bus, no sponsors. We had 10 pounds in the bank. And I rocked up on the, I think it was on Tuesday, Monday. I think I turned up on the Monday. I went out there on the Tuesday and we were playing a friendly Swindon Supermarines and Swindon Town. Mm. And this is when it really dawned on me when I thought I turned up and the security guy goes, oh, you're Clem, aren't you? I went, yeah. He goes, oh, thanks for saving our club. And I went, I haven't really done, really done anything. I just turned sure. up. Yeah. And the, the chairman of the Swindon Town Supermarine said to me, um, thanks for coming. Like, really appreciate it. I said, can I have a look at your training pitch? And I was walking around the stadium and all the fans started clapping me and I thought, what have I got, my, what have I got myself into here? <laughs> but listen, look, I, look, I love it. The town's great. The fans, look, I play, I play six aside um, football with the fans every Monday and Wednesday nights. Oh, they're a good bunch of blokes. Um, and look, I've had some really funny stories there. And and but I think being an Aussie, I, I've got that um, 
we've got that nature where we talk to anyone from supporters to the hierarchy. It doesn't really matter to us. Mm. And and I and I say to people, like a lot of in the English system, people call you chairman, which I say to people, don't call me chairman, just call me Clement. I, I'm not really interested in the um the hierarchy the for me. Yeah. I'm not interested. We're, look, we're, we're all here in a team, and I, and I realise how important it is for the town, how important the club is for the town. So, And if the, the town's not going too well or the club's not going too well, the town doesn't go too well. And I, I see how, how important it is for everybody. So, yeah, and yeah. look, we are in the playoffs last year. We missed two penalties and, like, <clears throat> good it was a good rollercoaster ride, but it was horrible. Getting out of Port Vale, and I thought this is not fun. But we we dusted ourselves off. We came back again, and look, obviously we didn't go have a great year this this season. But we came tenth. We bought the ground with the supporters, mm. which was a great achievement. Fifty percent with the supporters and fifty percent with the club. So that's a real big milestone for us. And also clearing all the debt was, which is really important for us. And building the right foundations for the club for us to move forward. Um, like I say to people, if you haven't got the right foundations, you can't move up. Yeah. There's so many questions I want to throw at you, Clem. So once again, thank you for coming on. But just to tap into the English culture, particularly outside the Premier League, because we get so much exposure to the Premier League on this side of the world, not as much for the Football League and even below that less still. The pyramid's such a wonderful thing. And you mentioned missing out on promotion last season, coming 10th. It's just something that we can all strive for in the game down here as well. And talk to us about how the feeling is as a chairman when you are on the verge of promotion, just missing out, missing out on the playoffs. There's a lot of emotion. There. Talk to us about that. Um, the emotion is such a roller coaster ride. Like when you're watching football and you haven't got any interest or investment into the into the team, it's a different game of watching. But when you when you're heavily invested and very how important it is for the for the town. It's unbelievable. Like we're on the verge of getting promoted, and we're like, it was just unbelievable how people come up to you so many times. Like people, I've had a couple of Aussies come over, and I'm just a normal person here. I'm still a normal person over there, but over there, it's just a different, just a different outcome. Like football is a religion over there. People do not realise how important football is in England. Um, all over Europe, and they will do anything for that club. It's so tribal. It's and when you explain that to people in Australia, they can't really fathom how how important that club is for for people. It is it's it's do or die. Um, but yeah, the when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. Um, and when you're if you're on the verge of getting relegated. You're holding on to grim death to try to make sure you stay up. And I see with people in the Premier League, the Championship League One, League Two, it's horrible. It's so we're in Australia. If you come last, oh, well, you get the wooden spoon. You go on to the next next season. No one, it's you're always in it. You, you mm. but over there, it's do or die. And and they play so much football over there. They're playing fifty games at the forty six games in in the yeah. In the, in the bottom league. leagues, yeah, you're right. And then you're playing FA Cup, Carabao Cup, the F- EFL Cup. It's it's so many games over there. It's unbelievable. And the season starts from August to May. 
And yeah. sometimes longer, depending on if you get in playoffs or stuff like that. It's unbelievable. So, so the season that's yeah. coming, yeah. So the season that's coming up, Clem, you've got a a, a celebrity, a group of uh, celebrity owners that have brought a club up with them in Wrexham, mm. right? Uh, how much more exposure do you think League Two is going to get? As it will, oh, it's going to be yeah. It'll get, yeah. it'll get huge exposure. I think a lot of Americans are, are trying to get into football at the moment, mm. and a lot of people are trying to get into football from America because of Wrexham. Um, and, look, they've done an awesome job, but they're Hollywood A-lister stars. Yeah, of course. So they, they've got a bit of a, an advantage to a, an Aussie plumber, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think that's a, a bit of a difference. Yeah, that that's the they, that when you look at their sponsors, they got TikTok and that's right, Expedia. We've got we haven't got that, but well, Plumber's got a different sort of connection. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> well said. Oh, that's a bad joke. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's well said. But I, look, I think I, I look at foot, foot, I look at Luton, and yep. we played Luton six seven years ago, and I went there. And I looked at how, what they have achieved and going into the Premier League is unbelievable. Listen, just because you've got all the money in the world doesn't mean you're going to get promoted. Mm. I look at clubs like Chelsea. I look at clubs like um, who else is p- 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 Everton. Mm. They've pumped so much money into their oh, yeah. clubs and they still haven't got it right. It's I think, listen, you need the money, but you need the right people. You've yeah. got the right people working together. Mate, you ain't you ain't going to do anything. It's like any business out there. Um, you've got to have the right people, right leaders, and right people doing their job. And it is hard. Look, football is hard. It's hard to get in all those right mm. people because you got so you got the difference between running my business and running a football club is you got ten thousand people who emotionally attached to it. But your business, you can go and sack people when you whenever you want. There's not. They are emotionally attached, but mm. not like like a football club. Mm. Mm. So yeah, it is. Look, mates, I tell you now, the English the English football system is the best in the world. Everyone gets the same money. Um, they got the promotion relegation, and when you look at the Italian league, like I'm, a, mm. I got Italian background. I look at Italian league, and I look at the Spanish league, and I look at the German league. Doesn't compare to the English Premier mm. League. Mm. It's just another level. And they were quite smart. Look, the Italians had a really good system back in the 80s, 90s. But soon as – and the English got a hold of it and took it and had their – and the TV rights has just been unbelievable what mm. they've done. And the whole world watches it. Yeah. No, very so, good. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, Glenn, you've got a new manager now at the club in Michael Flynn. Yeah. yeah. Um, talk to us about your ambitions for next season as well as sort of the process to identify – Michael Flynn as your, as your new manager. Was he someone that you'd previously looked at? Um, our ambitions next season would be to be get promoted. Like we really, like the first two years, like when I first got in, I always said to people, look, we want to stay in League Two. We don't want to get relegated. We want to build the foundations properly by the stadium. And then and then once we've done that, then move up. Um, obviously, the year before, the season, two seasons ago, we nearly got promoted, so everybody thought, wow, we're going to get promoted this season. Obviously, we didn't, which was disappointing. But I think this season, I think we got the right mixture to go up. Um, 
is it guaranteed? Nothing's ever guaranteed, but we're going to give it a big push. I think Michael Flint understands how to get out of this league. I think he connects really well with the players, connects really well with the supporters. He's already done that. Um, and hopefully we we'll, we give him the support and hopefully we, we, we bring in the right people and the right players to get promoted. Um, obviously, we've got a youth system that we're trying to blend through through the youth system. Obviously, we need youth players plus senior players as well. So we just got to make sure that we support him and we do keep going. Clem, uh, what's been the interaction that you've had with football administrators here in Australia with regards to them approaching you or have, opening up conversations with you um, and trying to um, get you to play an active role here in some form? In the local football scene, is that have those conversations taken place? Is there anything you yeah, can share with us? Yeah. Look, I, look, I know a lot of the. I know the guys from Sydney FC. I know the guys from mm. Western United. I know Sydney Olympic. Mm. I know a few of the guys from Macarthur. Look, um, even Perth Glory. Look, and I've 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 met with uh, James Johnson as mm. well from the Socceroos. And then obviously Harry Kill, Timmy Cahill, mm. uh, Craig Moore. Like they all came out to see what I was trying to do. Um, I look, Swindon Town wants to set up an academy here in Australia um, because I think we've got a lot of great talent in in Australia football. The issue that I believe that we've got is that kids from seventeen don't have a proper pathway from seventeen going into Swindon going into to Europe because obviously look the A League look it has its look I've got my my comments on the A League I think there needs to be a promotion and relegation in the A League the problem is um, obviously it needs more money mm. and the B League how do had look the B League teams will struggle in regards financially I think that will be a problem as well um, and. If you've spent millions of dollars to buy a license and you're going to get relegated, it's gonna it's gonna hurt. You're gonna go broke, I think. And the model for the A League needs to improve in regards to obviously more money. That 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 needs it needs to change. Um, I don't think the platform of watching the A League is not right. I don't think they mm. market it right. I think. I think obviously you got Optus. I might be speaking out of turn here. No, that's yeah, right. I apologise then, but <laughs> um, but I think the platform should be should be on um, Optus, mm. bolted on to the Premier League. I think that mm. should be one. I think. Look, I get the promotion relegation. I think they're going to struggle with that a bit. I think there's a lot of young players can't get into the A League, which is an issue. Um, and they're never gonna. You're never gonna be a prop, better football if you're not playing enough football. Yeah. And I think that yeah. that's a bit of an issue as well. And I think like kids paying fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars to play saps and MPL one and two is mm. is madness. Like mm. I tell people in England that they have, that's how much they're paying. They went, what? Oh, isn't that a? It's a working class sport. Why are they paying so much money? So. It's become a bit of an elite sport mm. instead of a, a working class sport, which mm. look, I get it. Like when you look at the other codes, they work from top down where we yep. work from bottom yeah, up. Mm. Um, but where look, Swindon's trying to set up 
an academy. Um, I've got my head of football coming out here at the end of June or 20th of June. So we're going to go and have a look at a couple of clubs and see what we're going to do and have proper par fives for kids to go to England. Um, we understand the system and the difference we've got as an academy is we own a football club or I own a football club, which mm. is better than knowing the kit manager or the manager because Man. managers obviously get sacked every <laughs> quite often <laughs> over there. Um, so, yeah, so we're... We're trying to do that. Um, I think I, I said it to a couple of the guys from like Harry Curl and Timmy Cahill, and I said to them, look, we had that golden era, that golden generation, 2006, and I thought, look, we did well last World Cup, but I think 2006 had, 2006 had a special, there was something special about it. All the, all the players were in the Premier League or mm. the European League. They just, they just had a different quality. We just... Mm. We we were just we were something else, and and I look at and I look at the J League, and the mm. J League's really produced a lot of good players. A lot of them are playing in in Scotland at the moment for Ange. Um, mm. I think I think we as a football nation hasn't really improved. I think we we, sh- we should be doing better. I think the women's is great. Mm. I think the women's are doing awesome. Um, obviously, we've taken over the women's league in Swindon, which is important for us because um, it was a bit of a basket case the women's. But now we've really taken over. We've put a new manager, put new. They're they're on board with new sponsors, new kit. Like we're we're trying to get that up as well. Um, yeah, I oh, look. There's there's a lot of work to be done in football in Australia. I think there's a lot of good people out there that could help. I think there's a guy that owns a club in Syria C, I think it is, in Italy. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, Ross Pellegri, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that's important as well. I think that's that's good. But yeah, I think look the English league the English league's another another level. Yeah. I think um Ross Pellegri and uh, Catania. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Catania. Yeah. Yeah. So but um no, it's good. It's interesting to hear that um you're looking at establishing an academy here. Uh, yeah. And yeah, you're bringing your uh, head of football uh, out, which would uh, be fascinating to actually hear what his thoughts are. Yeah, when um, he comes out. yeah. We, we, when he comes out, we can have a chat. Yeah, absolutely. That'd he, be awesome. He, he can have a he can have a chat about what he thinks football's like here. Mm. And look, I think we've got really lot. I think we play. I think football's the 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 biggest sport for kids till seventeen. I think, and then it fades away. And I just feel. And then, com- why. Yeah. Why and the community why? level, it, yeah, community level, it picks up at adults, <laughs> you know. Again, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we miss it from seventeen to twenty-five. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, wow. it's it's interesting, and hopefully, you're like you know, uh, establishing establishing that kind of a, uh, academy can um, keep young people at that age group um, engaged with the sport still, and realize that there are other opportunities, even if they're being knocked back by MPL, for instance, or, you know, they're not progressing further into A-League or whatever the well, case is. Well, I agree because I'm a seven or 18-year-old kid and I'm, I want to I get a career in football. Do I go and get a part, go to MPL 1, make 800 bucks a week and then go and get a part-time job or get a job or I can't really get into the A-League because there's not that many spots or do I try to get overseas where it's like a shark fest over there? Mm. So I, I, you know, what I'm saying so. Or oh. I, 
then I I slipped through the system and then that's it. And we've probably lost so many great players out there that have never thought, well, I'm not going to keep going because I can't afford it. I need I need to make a living, mm-hmm. which is, is sad for us as a football nation because we're so Australians are so sporty. We're so great at sports, but for football we we lack a bit. So yeah. Yeah, Nathan and I, and Nathan's actually um, uh, said it before as well. It's the kind of final frontier of uh, sport that Australia needs to embrace and actually take the challenge on. Yeah, I think we do. But, and we're, when you look at it, it's, it's a, it's the, the world's, the world game. Like it's the game that, that the whole world play. And when there's a World Cup, there's more than seven teams. Sorry to say. <laughs> Spot no, on. I, Don't apologise. Well, spot on. I, I just sorry if I've offended anyone, but no. I'm just saying it is. I think when you go to like I've been to three World Cups and I went to Germany, went to Russia, and I went to Brazil, and it's unbelievable. And us having the Women's World Cup is the best thing we could have. I don't think people realise how important it's going to be for the women and for for football over here and a, a Women's World Cup. And I hope one day we we see a men's World Cup here. I, I believe that we should. I think every other nation on the planet has has played, um, has hosted a World Cup or a world continent. I think we should get one. I, there's no reason why we got the best. We got one of the best facilities in the world. We're one of the safest country. We've got a proper system. We've got it's safe. It's clean, mate. There's no reason why Australia shouldn't get a World Cup. No reason. If you see the other countries that have got it, we as Australians should have it. It's the biggest sporting event on the in the world, and we should as Australia we should get it. But that's another story. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, like, yeah. I think Glenn, we wanted yeah. to thank you for your time tonight. You've been right. absolute absolute legend, and we'll, we'll look to get you back on um, as soon as no you start the academy and get your uh, football uh, operations manager uh, here as well. No worries. Thanks again for your time, Clem. Thanks, Les. Thanks, Thanks, Clem.